What's up, guys? I'm Sean Lights Out Merriman, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolt Podcast. Thanks for listening. Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolts Podcast. 34 to 21. It would just squash, surely. Who's throwing a strawberry through a battleship? Don't want to get into the wrong bar fights with those guys. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host, John Walls Jr. And on tonight's podcast, we preview our week six matchup with the Baltimore Ravens. I'm joined by two of my co-hosts, Dan King over in Colchester. How's it going, buddy? Not too bad. Bit of a cold, but not too bad. See it was, it was good to actually meet you in person. Yeah, it Just was. get that out there. That was That was good fun. I've seen that hat live as well. It's as bright in real life as it is on the camera. Over in the Herbert Hangar, how's it going, John? Things are going well. I I actually did not realize right now that Colchester is a place. I thought you were saying that was like some sort of funny play on the fact that he might have a cold. But okay, Colchester. <laughs> it's good to know. Yeah, it's Colchester Southeast. Uh, it's the garrison town, actually. The, the airborne uh, brigades down there. Parachute no, regiment. Literally down the road from us. Yeah, literally, yeah. Don't want to get into the wrong bar fights with those guys. So look, we're coming off the back of another unbelievable win. I would argue the best in recent memory. I'm talking the last maybe 10 years. And you've got to include the Baltimore Ravens victory in the playoffs in that, you know, in 2018. Absolutely superb. I was actually sat here this morning wondering how the players are getting on because some of them are going to have some nasty bruises after that encounter with the Browns, you know. Um, Dan, I'm going to go to you first, buddy. What do you like about this matchup? What what gets you going about playing against Lamar Jackson, one of the uh, top quarterbacks in the league? I think the thing that um, I feel most strongly about is that we match. I feel like we match up pretty well against this team. Um We've at least uh, our defense against their offense. We've we've proven we can handle a deep threat wide receiver like Marquise Brown. Uh, in that we the way we dealt with Tyreek Hill, um, we've shown we can deal with a mobile quarterback. Yeah, we lost to the Cowboys, but I they don't lost think the Raiders. It... <laughs> exactly. Um, Strange. And Mahomes isn't exactly a, a stationary guy. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm kind of on that high um, from the last few weeks that, you know, I, I'm fairly confident going into this one. I, do, I don't think there's anything crazy there in Baltimore to. Um, I mean, they really are the too worried about. They are the number one uh, ranked team in total offense. You can see there. Um, yeah. <laughs> they've got they've got some great playmakers there. Baltimore, um, you know, loaded with. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrew, John. Are you are you nervous about the the, the Ravens' offense? Uh, a little bit, I think. Some perspective. They faced three of the worst five defenses in passing and DVOA. So I think some of those passing stats are a little inflated. Um, the running stats are absolutely true. And actually, for us, I guess we're a little lucky that they've got half of their or three quarters of their injured of the running backs on injured reserve right now. So I think the rushing attack is not what it used to be. I think the rushing attack is, is Lamar Jackson. And then, you know, another 20, 30 yards of everybody else. So I guess that is, you know, to Dan's point, I think we do match up well because their running game is actually not the, the 
is not really what's winning them games right now. Right now, what's winning them games is uh, well, Justin Tucker uh, and uh, and the ability to throw the ball. And I think that that's good for us because I think while we've also obviously struggled against the run, I mean, most most teams are are getting near 200 yards, if not more, against us on the ground. It's it's pretty bad, except for obviously the Raiders who can't block and apparently can't run with turf toe. But um, I, I think what's really interesting is that we're going to see just how good that passing attack is. Cause I think we're hopefully going to be able to get them to have to pass. Cause I think we're going to score enough points that they're going to not be able to just rely on a run game. And I think that our, our defense is going to get tested. And I think uh, to Dan's point, we've, we've seen it before. There's not like, we're it's not like we're, we haven't seen anything that they're going to throw at us. It's not like they have some dynamic playmaker. That's so unusual. I mean, they've got a speed guy in Marquise Brown. And to be honest, Marquise Brown's no Tyreek Hill. I mean, Marquise Brown drops a lot of balls. So the good news is if he does get burned, there's probably like a 50, 50 chance he drops it anyway. So that'll be okay. Um, but uh, I, I think for us, it's going to be, it, you know, I, I think the defense has an opportunity to really shine here. And then I think the offense has an opportunity to keep moving forward because that, that Ravens defense is not what it used to be. It really isn't. It's good. It's good. I'm not saying it's a bad defense at all, but it's not like the, it's not like, you know, when Baltimore used to come in town, you're like, oh man, I guess it's going to be, you know, a 10, seven game and whoever makes the least amount of mistakes loses. I don't know. And also Cleveland came in with one of the top five defenses in the league and we put up like 47 points. Right. So my, my, my point, I guess, is that I don't know if there's really a defense that stops our offense. For me, it's going to be, can the, can our defense stop their offense, at least slow them down enough like we did against Cleveland and outscore them at the end. And I do yeah. think we can, I'm very positive about it. It's not going to be an easy game by any means. It's in Baltimore. It's going to be cold. It's going to be, it's going to be a, a hostile environment, but honestly, I'm really not that scared. Yeah. The, the, the Ravens have got the 22nd ranked defense DVOA. They come into this game on the back of Lamar Jackson's career game of, you know, 442 yards, four touchdowns. Herbert, four touchdowns and a rushing touchdown on Sunday. It's going to be a great matchup. Right, I've got a bit of criticism for Lamar Jackson. and I might get beaten up for this, but I don't mind. He's a bit selfish in certain situations, in my opinion. It's almost as if he's trying to break some sort of rushing yards record as when he's got other options. Um that might be an unfair thing to say, and if any Ravens fans end up listening to this podcast or watching the, the YouTube video, they might beat me up for it. But it's just an observation that I've seen. I, I, I believe that in certain situations, he'll put himself first before the team, uh, just on the tape that I've seen. But we'll soon find out on Sunday because he's going to get tested by Joey Bosa, by um, by Derwin James and, and the, the defence. But it's whether or not he has got the sustainability and the durability to keep going because Herbert's proved we've had two signature wins, three if you include the Raiders against the Browns and the Chiefs. It's like you said, John, you know, Baltimore, they beat the Chiefs. They lost the the, the Raiders. I think they beat the Eagles on the way. They haven't beaten elite teams. So this is going to be a, as much of a test for them as it is for me. So it's, it's, it's going to be an exciting one. Just jump in there. It's the Chiefs, the Lions, the Broncos, and the Colts. The Ravens have beaten. I mean that. I mean they did come from behind. They twenty-three, three yeah. down, something behind the Colts. They turned it around. I mean, I think Jack, uh, Lamar Jackson had a as hot as second half as, as Herbert did in the, in the fourth quarter on Sunday. So we've got that to contend with. And then we've got we've got this is this is the interesting one for me that people 
I've not I've not read too much about this. We've got the rookie head coach against a veteran, John Harborg, 133 and 80. He won the Super Bowl in in 2012. John, in your opinion, where do you think John Harborg will lean on his uh, experience in order to stifle the, the Chargers? Um, I mean, I think he's gonna use every uh, trick in his box to figure out a way to push Justin Herbert into mistakes. I think if there's one major criticism that we can um, that we can really put on Herbert is that there's always at least a couple throws a game that are either intercepted or probably should be intercepted. Um, and you know, the numbers haven't really, you know, he hasn't had a ton of interceptions yet. But I think he does have, I don't know, I don't know if it's a miscommunication thing or an over-aggressiveness thing or what. But there's always a couple plays a game where you're like, oh, I don't know if he should have made that throw. And I don't know why that necessarily happens. Um, but I think Harbaugh can use some of his experience in the past and go, well, we know how to pressure quarterbacks into mistakes, right? I mean, how do they beat Kansas City? Part of that was forcing them into turnovers. So I think for for Harbaugh, it's going to be, how do we focus on turnovers against this team? And, you know, for us as, as, as a as the Chargers, I think we need to really think about how do we secure that ball, right? No fumbles, can't have fumbles, can't turn the ball over, can't give Lamar a short field. He is devastating on a short field, devastating, because at any time, you know, any time within 50 yards of, of the end zone, he could break it for a touchdown himself, anytime. So anytime he gets past that 50-yard line, I'm like, I don't know if you're going to stop them. Like, that. that's how good that offense can be. Yeah. So I think the key is to make sure that we're not giving them short fields and forcing them to go the length of the field and putting pressure on them to score quickly, right? This uh, this little, hey, we're going to run some draws, we're going to do quarterback sneak, we're going to do end arounds, and we're going to pass it every once in a while. That's great. Eats up a lot of clock, but if we're putting up a touchdown every time we touch the ball, it's going to force them into throwing the ball more, and I think that puts them into our court, right? So and I think Harbaugh knows that, and I think Harbaugh is going to want to control the clock. He's going to want to keep Justin Herbert from being able to put up big points, and I think he's going to want to keep it a low-scoring game. If I'm the Ravens, that's what I want. I want a low-scoring game because it means you're bottling up Justin Herbert, and that's what I expect Harbaugh to try to push for um against us is to try to use the all the Good tactics <laughs> he has yeah yeah i mean dan when we i believe when we played uh baltimore in the playoffs i think we 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 lost in the regular season obviously we won in that uh, wild card matchup we played with seven defensive backs i don't see that happening this time around because it's completely no. different personnel packages do you think that we're going to play as we have done and, and allow them to run the football and, and, you know, choke them with it, with the uh, secondary. I, th I think so. I think we'll be a bit more willing to have them run at us. Um, Lamar's not exactly the best at holding on to the football. No, sure. I think fumbles. he's already had, he's already had three or four fumbles this year. Um, and Hey, we're doing okay in that, in that regards We're we're managing to at least turn the ball over. Um, there's there's always that aspect of like, do you give Lamar Jackson room to throw it uh, and stop him from running it? Or do you let him run it and just hope that there's no breakdown and a massively open player for a throw? Um, and I think we'll be more inclined to let him run um, and just just yeah. try and just gang tackle, I think, is, is, the, is the key there. Is Doe and James just spying him the whole game and just flying at him? Yeah, I think you're right. I think let, letting him air the ball down to 
Marquise Brown and Mark Andrew is is dangerous. I mean, Andrew's one of the top, if not the top tight end in the league at the minute, with George Kittle going down on, on IR. So I'm, I am fearful about what they could do. They've, they've got Sammy Watkins as well. Um, Le'Veon Bell's not the, he's not the player that he used to be, but how many times have we played a running back, John, who's done nothing and then they've put up 100 yards against us? Um <laughs> It's it's the charge away, but we're also seeing that the old those, charge away, the old charge away, yes. But we're also seeing now that we're we're starting to turn that corner. And when we come back after the break, we are going to talk talk a lot more about the charges. But but being obviously this is a charges podcast. But if I'm sat here right now, John, and you're a Baltimore fan or even on that roster, I, this is going to be a hard question for you. Are you going to be worried about the charges coming to your building, or do you think do you still think it's the same old charges under a bit of a, a fluke? Uh, oh, you want me to answer before the break? Okay, uh, before the break, uh, I will. I'm going to say that I think teams are looking at the charges differently. I think it starts with Brandon Staley and the effect that he's had on there, and I think it's the the decisive victories that they've had at the end of games, holding on being able to hold on to the ball, being able to score last and keep the other team from scoring. I think there is just a new vision of what the chargers are. So I don't think anybody's going to say, Oh, it's the chargers. They're just going to come in and they're going to, they're going to blow this game. I don't think there's anybody who thinks that's, that's who this team is. And then I think finally it's Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert is a star. And I think that there's no, you know, as good as Philip Rivers was and, and, and all that. And again, I'm not diminishing anything from what Philip Rivers did, but the current kind of passing uh, attack that, that Herbert employs is, is a different type of attack and it's way more explosive in my opinion. And because it's more explosive, I think teams are, have to recognize that. So I don't, I don't think there's a team out there that thinks this is the same old chargers. I think that everything that they've done thus far has proven they're a different team. Additionally, they have had a really, really tough schedule to go through. And I think people are, you know, you, well, we don't talk about strength of schedule, you know, too much uh, here and there as, as other teams would, would talk about other teams like, Oh, we don't, we don't care about who they face. We only care about they're coming to play us right one game at a time, blah, blah, blah. I think that teams do take recognize and they just say, Hey, look, they've beat, they've beat many really good teams and their only loss came on a last second, 56 yard field goal against another team. Who's really, really good in the Cowboys. So I think there's a lot of teams who are taking notice that the chargers have played for real they're getting better every week and they've played tough opponents. So it's not like the Broncos who've had an easy time of it, right? Who've had a pretty soft schedule to, to lean on. They've really played a bunch of tough opponents and they've, they've come out, I think acing pretty much all of those, um, all, all of those games. Well, that's a great segue. We'll come back after the, uh, TV timeout. And when we do come back, when you rejoin us, folks, we are going to be getting into the nitty gritty of the LA Chargers and how we think we're going to perform on Sunday. Hey there, Bolt fam. It's week six, which means another week of NFL action and another opportunity for you to win big with the DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NFL. So what kind of promotion do we have for you this week for DraftKings Sportsbook? Well, if you are a new customer to the Sportsbook and you bet $1 on any NFL game, if any team scores a single point in that game, doesn't matter which team, uh, you're going to get yourself $100 in free bets. I'm, of course, going to recommend you put that on the Bolts game because I'm pretty sure there's not anybody out there who's going to stop Herbert, Eckler, Williams, Allen, Cook, any of our offensive weapons from getting to the end zone. So 
what happens? You bet $1 on that game. Either team scores a point, and you get $100 in free bets. That's easy money. My good friend Nomeo Grace mentioned last week it's been 1943 since the last 0-0 tie in the NFL. So, hey, what are the chances we're going to see another one of those? Probably not likely. Anyways, if you are a new customer to uh, DraftKings, but you can't have access to the sportsbook, like myself here in the Herbert Hangar, well, no problem. As you wait to get access to the sportsbook, you can play any of their daily fantasy uh, sports games that happen all season long. That's right, DFS, it gives you an opportunity to win huge prizes all season long. If you're a new customer to DraftKings, you're going to get some free chances at lots and lots of great cash prizes. I highly recommend you check it out. So how does this work? Well, you need to go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code TPPN and throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers, only minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to episode 51 of the Charger at Bolts podcast. I'm joined by John Ayres and Dan King. We're talking Chargers Ravens. Okay, it's time to talk the Bolts. We're going to start up front. Corey Lindsley has been pretty good centre. Okay, out to his left. Matt Field has had a, um, a very good start to the season, as had Rashawn Slater. Slater gave up his first two sacks on Sunday. Look, we can forgive him. He's played lights out. When you're playing against Miles Garrett, one of the top three or four, if not the top currently um, pass rusher in the league, based on current performance, that's understandable. Issues at the minute are on the right-hand side of that offensive line. Storm Norton got a going ball last week, guys. What do you think to that, Dan? Yeah, I think he, he did all right. He had a lot of help. He had, um, uh, what, Cook chipping in. Uh, Eckler with a few chip yeah, blocks. Yeah, Gabe Neighbors. <laughs> yeah, Gabe Neighbors as well with that big one. Um, and even Schofield as well out there came in, what was it, sixth, seventh play of the game and helped kind of just... Play 70 snaps, yeah. Yeah, kind of just calm things down. And um, yeah, I think Storm Norton had one of his better games. Um, he, he's by by no means like a an elite right tackle or even a great right tackle or even nope. a good right tackle but, but he's okay he's, yes if he's, he's serviceable. The game ball, if he's getting the game ball, yeah he's doing something right i mean john yeah i mean it was the day after the birth of his child as well yeah. so there's like how much of it is yeah but is look, that just like you've turned up yeah great you've turned yeah. up you've played well thank you we <laughs> thank you for showing up <laughs> yeah that, that is the point because look, there's a lot of people in this situation would have gone no I'm not showing up. You know, family comes first. It wasn't Commit- his first kid. I know, but it's it's, it's commitment. And Corey hey, Lindsley... Team, team is family. Team is family, okay. <laughs> Corey Lindsley spoke in the LA Times on Wednesday, and, and he said it's... Uh, for us, it's the attack mentality, being in those situations where you have to get it done. It's a huge confidence builder, and it takes guts. And I think that's the, that's the point I'm getting to. Brandon Staley has given these players uh, belief... We've had a core nucleus of, of this current roster over the last three or four years, and we're seeing very different results. Mike Dubb looks a completely different player 
to, to the last three years. You know, we, we've we've got players now stepping up and, and making plays. They're not looking like they're a rabbit in the headlights. John, going back to the initial point about the offensive line, Mike Schofield, is that his job now at right guard for the rest of the season? I mean, with the Bouchiata, I, I have to imagine it's Schofield. I mean, I'm sure Jameis gets an opportunity to uh, um, gets the opportunity to play for it and practice for it. But I mean, I I highly doubt you're going to see see him win that job at least after this initial um, set of practices. So I, I think Schofield's the man at right field, uh, right uh, right tackle or guard, right guard. If I know what I'm talking about, um, <laughs> and I think. Uh, I think that's just what we're going to have to see and see how it goes. And if it doesn't go well, then Jameis could uh, could be over there uh, sooner rather than later. I mean, Jameis is more of a left guard, uh, I think, uh, from what I've heard about uh, in practice reports. But, you know, maybe he can make that transition over to right guard if needed. Um, I mean, maybe maybe they throw Pipkins in at guard. I mean, I, I mean, I guess we technically have some options. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, I might rather see Parham at right guard than I would. Pipkins, but <laughs> maybe give Gabe Neighbors some guard time. Anyways, it, um, it, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. But I think yeah, I think right now Schofield is the guy, which again makes kind of a kind of a dicey predicament for us, right? We're gonna have Schofield and uh, Storm Norton on the same side. That's tough. That's tough. So we'll see we'll see how it goes moving forward. But uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they hold up against the Ravens. Yeah, it will, and. It's it's one of those things, isn't it? You've got to deal with the injuries as they come, and I, and I think the guys that have come in on the fringes, they're just going to be buoyed by the rest of the the locker room. You know, there's, there's no, I don't believe there's going to be any of this. Or well, you know, you're a you're a second rate play, you shouldn't be starting. There'll be none of that. There'll be lots of encouragement, and and long may that continue. Lots of talk this week about Justin Herbert at last. People are talking and mentioning him um, as an MVP. I'm not too bothered about that. If that happens, it happens. We want to see him in the playoffs. We want to see him making uh, a run for the Super Bowl in the next few years. But Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, um, made a statement today and PFF posted it saying, he's one of those guys that could throw a strawberry through a battleship. <laughs> and they, you know, it's uh, it's got people talking. I mean, Dan, if this if if Herbert has another phenomenal game like he did against the the, the Browns, I mean, I, I don't know. Words can't describe what happened on Sunday, but he can do it again, can't he? Absolutely. It would just squash, surely. Who's throwing a strawberry through a battleship? <laughs> that guy, bonkers. Um, but yeah, if if he has if he has a another game there's no stopping the talk there like if he has another game like he did even a couple of weeks ago the hype will just um, exponentially grow and we'll get more love for the Chargers than we ever could have thought would happen this know, early it's, into it's the amazing season. It's, it's bonkers really I mean there's I was, I was watching a couple of shows on YouTube uh, yesterday and there's there's people going back and forwards Josh Allen um, Pat Mahomes Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, just to have him in the conversation is a massive boost to the franchise, to the fans especially, because we, we've suffered over the last few years. I mean, John, what's your what what's your opinion on the way that Herbert will approach this game? Will, will, he, will he approach it in the same way as he has done going forward in the last five weeks? 
I think so. I think Herbert's a very level-headed person from what I can tell. I mean, again, I don't, I don't know him personally. I'm not out there cooking up victory briskets or, or golfing <laughs> with him. So I couldn't tell you exactly yes. how he really is as a per- yet. Exactly. Yes. Yet. Good, good point. Um, but I can say from every everything that I've ever seen or read about him, he's a very level-headed person. He's not someone who's out there trying to suck up the hype. I mean, every time he does an interview and they try to, you know, throw a bunch of praise on him, he either looks uncomfortable taking the praise or the first thing he does is divert it back to somebody else, his offensive coordinator, his head coach, his team, his, you know, whatever. Um, it is it is insane the way that he handles everything with such grace and class. So I, I think he's just got that kind of do work, watch the tape, be prepared kind of attitude. I don't think he changes game to game. I honestly don't think that any game is any different for him. He looks cool and comfortable under pressure, no matter the team or the situation. I honestly think that he's out there saying, hey, it's just another game. I'm just going to go do what I got to do to help win, the, to help the team win. And that's, and then we'll get ready for the next game. So I don't think there's any pressure on him to operate any differently than he's done before. And I think he's going to go out there and he's going to sling it and he's going to do what he's done so far. You know, is he necessarily going to have the same numbers every game? No, not nearly. Not, uh, you know, we have bad games on the O-line. We'll have bad games from him. Like bad games happen. Okay. They do. So you're not going to get an all-star performance every week. You're not going to get five total touchdowns for almost 400 yards passing every week. But I think you're going to get the same Justin Herbert, no matter what his stat line was the week before. And no matter who his opponent is this week, I think you're always going to get the same Justin Herbert. Yeah, and he's one of the reasons with Brandon Staley why we're getting a lot of praise, why we're seeing a lot of progression, why we're seeing a lot of improvements, a lot of excitement. Mm -hmm. Um, and a four and one record. Michael Snow, one of our regular listeners, he said that between Herbert and Staley, we're getting a lot more new fans. And yeah, this this Brian Taylor on um, Twitter, he's just put a post on saying, I want to know what people's plans are for supporting the franchise going forward because now people that are coming, supposedly coming out of the woodwork, are getting hammered with this bandwagon tag. Well, so what people are going to, they're going to be mute when there's not a lot to say about a team losing rather than coming out and criticising it. Because let's be honest, our our franchise, our fans have been very caustic about the uh, team, um, certainly in the middle of uh, the last decade. So if people are going to come out and support the team um, and fill up the seats and prevent teams like um, the Raiders and Dallas taking over ownership of the Sovi, so be it. I mean, Dan, we've we've been following the Chargers not quite as long as John, but we've been around, we've, we've, we've been through the dark days, you, you know. I mean, it can only be a good thing that we're now starting to see these superstars emerge and we've got something to sing and shout about. Oh, for sure, for sure. And the, the biggest superstar of all at the moment has to be Staley. He's got to be like one of the front runners for Coach of the Year. I know it's, it's early. We're only a quarter of the way through the season, but he is winning fans left, right, and center. Um, I mean, his, his comments about um, the emails um, today or, or yesterday, whenever his comments were, have, have already turned heads in a positive way for the Chargers organization because he's such a likable and calm and clearly intelligent man. Um, and I think just having that personality there, having Herbert there, um, Alan's just, he's out there. Um, he'll have fans wherever because he's just that kind of guy. I think, I think we're, yeah, we're in a, a, a weird place 
really it's it's quite it's quite nice to to have a coach that is seemingly widely respected rather than a coach that um was just a laughing stock going back to say like um old visor um McCoy. McCoy. McCoy, Mike McCoy. Yeah. I don't even like to say that name. It's like a swear word in my house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 yeah. And that other, that other name begins with M and ends and G. We, we're not saying that either. But look, <laughs> we, we've still got a lot of things to figure out. Kicking's still a problem. Viscano is jobs on the line, man, because if, if, if he lets us down, I think there's going to be some words said in that front office. John, any, do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, so I, I, I do want to make a quick comment on, on the whole Staley thing and Herbert thing, and I agree with Michael Snow. It, it is absolutely the two of them are driving force. And you have a just just a rising superstar quarterback like Justin Herbert, um, and you have a just a, a head coach that everybody seems to respect. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people respected Anthony Lynn as a person, but they didn't necessarily respect him as a coach. And I think people are respecting um, – Staley as both a coach and a person, which is amazing. I think when you've got those two driving forces, you create more fans. I mean, I was listening on the way to work this morning. I was listening to like satellite ESPN Raider or whatever, and they were doing a whole segment on the Jets, right? Talking about how Salah has failed and because well, because it was with Greeny and, you know, Mike Greenberg is a big Jets fan anyways. But they're talking about the Jets a little bit and how it's failed and how, how things are going wrong and what they need to do to fix it or whatever. And in this conversation about the Jets and about the fact that he's young or about that the coaching staff is inexperienced or whatever, they bring in Brandon Staley as an example of someone who understands what's happening going. You know, he had the Chargers had nothing to do with the conversation. Staley had nothing to do with the conversation, but our guys are being used as an example of this is who the conversation is about. And then the, the conversation a little bit later started talking about a top quarterbacks in the league and they listed some of the guys right and they're talking about like oh if i had to start a franchise today it probably would be mahomes still he is still obviously an elite quarterback but the host was like you know what honestly you know who's right behind him and who would honestly have a real hard time choosing him uh Schumer? justin herbert justin herbert not Kyle. stop it with kyler murray stop it justin <laughs> herbert because and he's like look look yes, mahomes, mahomes might be a better quarterback right now but if you look at justin herbert in his barely one year worth of, of games under his belt. And at the age of 23 compared to where um, Mahomes was at that point in his career, Justin Herbert is far and away much further along in his progress. Meaning where's his ceiling? It implies his ceiling is higher than Mahomes. Yeah. So the fact that we've got conversations that has nothing to do with our quarterback or our coach and they're bring brought into the conversation as, hey, this is ideal. This is this is the gold standard. That is a new feeling, and it is amazing, and it's why we're getting more fans, right? You know, as Snow pointed out that, hey, we had a similar effect back in 0203 when LT started really becoming one of the greatest running backs of all time. You know, a lot of fans joined in at that point, you know, and that's true. Like, I don't care about labels, bandwagon. I don't care if you've been following them for one day or you've been following them since the 60s. I don't care. If you're going to support the Bolts, then I'm all about it. You know, like you said, it, hey, we're going to sit here and we're going to complain about the media making fun of us not owning SoFi Stadium and us not having any fans. Well, you know how we get fans? Part of that, hey. part of gaining fans is getting bandwagon fans and then convincing them to not be bandwagon fans yeah. anymore and be full-time fans. So you know what? Bring them on. Worst case scenario, bandwagon fans leave, and then you don't have to worry about them anymore, anyways. Who cares? Who cares? The true <laughs> ones are going to stay. My best mate, LT. There you go. Oh. We are talking about LT. Yes. Best buds, yeah, surely. It's, it, look, <laughs> it's interesting times, exciting times. Charges social media's 
blowing it off the door, you know, blowing the doors off it, you know, all in, absolutely phenomenal. In my opinion, it's better than hard knocks. And I think we need to enjoy this positivity <coughs> journey while it's it lasts because yeah. hopefully we've got 15 to 20 years left of watching Justin Herbert and hopefully Brandon Staley is going to be sticking around for a long time. I was talking to my wife uh, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Boo. Sunday saying the biggest risk for me is that our defence and offensive coordinator potentially could get poached down the line and, and you know, move on to another franchise. But we need we need not worry about that right now. Let's hope that Joe Lombardi dials up some really cool plays on Sunday and we come away with another victory. Take us a five on one, keep control of the AFC West. And we've got a bye week not too far away. Let, let's get to that and see where we are. And I think I'm really positive about this. And I'm going to give my prediction after you two have given yours. So I have a quick think about now what Bez... We'll, uh, we'll post his online. He's currently stuck in traffic somewhere. Um, traffic jam in England. Never heard of that before. But uh, look, I can't wait for this matchup. And I can't remember the last time we had a sustained run of, of uh, matchups back to back, week to week. You know, Raiders, Chiefs, Raiders, Browns, Ravens. If we can get through this, you know, like you said, John, we've set the bar high, the ceiling's high, and let's just see where this uh, season can go. So let's go to our predictions, John. Well, I'm going to say this uh, before I say my prediction. I will say that I, for one, looked at the calendar and looked at the schedule. And I was thinking, okay, given these first um, first six games, you know, if we get out of that with a three and three record, I would be very happy. In fact, two and four would be fine, in my opinion. Because the rest of our schedule shakes out to be much, um, much easier. Again, not easy, right? Nothing in the NFL is easy. These are all professional teams, but it's much easier after those first six games than before. So I was like, three they're, and three. Still the Jags. Mm, that's right. Mm, okay, maybe not as easy as I thought. <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyways, the uh, you know three and three, I would have been happy with. Two and four, I would have been fine with. Right? Any of those records, I would have been completely, you know, whatever with. Uh, four and two would be amazing. Five and one would be way, way out of this world. Like if you had told me beginning of the season, we're going to start five and one with the teams we have to play out of like, get the F out of here. You're full of, you're full of junk. I'll take that bet. I'll bet the under on that. So in my opinion, we're, we're actually playing with house money. It doesn't matter if we win or lose on Sunday because we've had such a good start already. And it projects out to be a better schedule for us moving forward, especially after we get a little bit of rest under our belt. So I'm happy no matter what. Um, having said all that, I do think that we beat the Ravens. I do think I agree with that. I think we match up well with them. I think they play into our strengths, assuming that that run game is as deficient as it's been since they lost all their guys. If that's the case and, and they try to have to, they have to rely on the pass as good as a passing as a passer, uh, Lamar Jackson has turned into. And again, he's developed over time, all this, Oh, he's just a running back who plays quarterback. Anyone who says that is, is ignorant and hasn't been watching the, the games. He's obviously improved as a passer, but he still has consistency issues. Additionally, he's still kind of flighty in the pocket sometimes where he wants to make that read and go through his progressions quick quickly and then just then abandon right and i think because of all that he's not passing is still not the strongest part of their game and i think our defense is 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 capable of exposing him i think our defense is capable of making him make mistakes and i think we capitalize on all those mistakes and i'm saying 34 to 21 
Ooh. I think a nice, comfortable win. I really do think we go into Baltimore and we just dominate. Right? I mean, like it's going to be close at some point, but I think we pull. I think we pull away. I do. I really do. 34-21, big Chargers win. We go into the bye week five and one as the number one team in the league. Damn. So I, I was kind of thinking similarly there. Um, I had got in my head that um, we'd get 32 and the Ravens would get 24. 32-24, win by eight. Um, probably like a 70-yard field goal for Justin Tucker somewhere in there as well. <laughs> See now you're taking over. You're taking over the mantle from Bez with his with his crazy predictions because that's not that men- crazy. When you mentioned Jacksonville, I was waiting. If Bez would have been in, I would have said, "Yeah, next season we're trading Justin Herbert to Jacksonville oh, God, for, yeah. for, for Trevor." He, you know, he's I, crazy, I'm not that Bez. crazy. He, he, no, he's crazy. We'll trade Herbert for Justin Tucker. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> I'm going. I, I've thought about this, and I, and I do think that the Chargers are going to win as well. I think we're going to win 38-28. Okay, and. I, Look, we're all four and one on the podcast. We've got to wait for Bez to dial in with his predictions, but hopefully he'll go with the the rest of us. We'll have a unanimous decision that the Chargers are going to win. He's going to go with a three-two win or something. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, nil-nil or whatever, zero-zero. <laughs> there will be at least one thing. point. The Chargers will score. Yes. Yeah. Put that DraftKings money down now. <laughs> DraftKings money down now. DraftKings, an official betting partner of the NFL. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yes, I, I think it's going to be a good game. I don't. I don't think it'll be zero zero. I think it could be high scoring again because I think that that Ravens defense isn't 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 uh, isn't as scary as it was. So I, I like your thirty eight twenty eight. I you know I, I wish you had a little bit more respect for Derwin James in this defense, but okay, I get it. <laughs> well, he's going to need a rest <laughs> late in the fourth, isn't he? You know what I mean? They get a rest the week after. <laughs> so you're implying they're up 38-21 and they just rest all of them and they get that last yeah. BS garbage time <laughs> touchdown. Okay, okay. I feel that. I feel it. I feel it. Interestingly, um, if you watch the Rich Eisen show this week, Austin Eckler was on. And Rich Eisen said to Austin Eckler, why don't you guys take a knee towards the end of that game? Yeah, he went, yeah. That. He said, yeah. He said, our quality controller said we should have took a knee. But look, <laughs> how many times have we been in that position over the last since ever we haven't so the guys are learning on the job which is interesting you know um even the play callers didn't say why they're taking a knee and i didn't hear it in any of the podcasts either so look it's, a, it's an interesting question it's an interesting take it's an interesting answer so let's see what they dial up on sunday it's gonna be a great matchup um for those of you tuned in thank you the podcast will be available from tomorrow via normal uh, platforms, Apple and Spotify. We are on a roll, ladies and gents. The Ravens come off a, a great win against the Colts. Lamar Jackson's playing hot. Justin Herbert's playing better. Let's see what this one comes out as. Hopefully, it's another Bolts win and we can celebrate with Brisket on Monday, John. Victory Brisket. Thanks for tuning in, guys. And thank you for listening to chargedupbolts.com.